What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Ball 24-7 on Jacob Sports. It's post-game. Eagles versus Browns. Week two of the preseason is in the books. Eagles get a win. 21-20 to was the final score. John, I'll get to right to you. Your first takeaways uh, on the game. Anything that stood out to you? Any players that stood out to you? Uh, what's your first impression as the game concludes? Uh, my first impression, we finally got to see uh, Devin Allen run. For uh, whatever reason, in practice, the Eagles haven't let him uh, just go deep, and it's pretty exciting. Uh, he just raced by. Looked like the Browns were in cover three. Uh, the safety bit up, and he just raced by. Poor Lavert Hill, who was you know, dust. yeah, former Eagles corner. He was here a uh, couple couple years ago, but uh, yeah, he just ran right by him and. Reed Sinet couldn't overthrow him if he wanted to at that point. So uh, great play, exciting play. Uh, that's all you can hope for in the preseason game. And the Good Eagles catch. got the win. Good so nice, uh, yeah. Yeah. well. I thought he looked uh, looked apart. Yeah, well, he is a football player. I mean, people forget he he mm-hmm. played at a high level in college at Oregon before he made the shift to track. So it's not like he's just a track guy. He's played football before. So. Um, yeah, it was fun to see him run and everybody had, he did the hurdle celebration. Everybody seemed to have some fun with it. Uh, so yeah, that's what you want from a preseason game. Uh, and the Eagles got out of there with the win. Um, you know, I thought we kind of said at halftime, the first team offense with 
Uh, Gardner Minshew looked great. They had three drives of over 10 plays each drive, and the defense didn't look great. So that's kind of where you were. And then you got into the second half, and Josh Rosen versus Reed Sinan, and it was kind of ugly, but that's that's to be expected. Um, um, I wouldn't, you know, get too upset about that. Uh, uh, and, and you know, Carson Strong got to throw a pass, so <laughs> – um, and he probably should have gotten that was uh, at yeah, the end of yeah. the game there that could have clinched the game. It probably should have been an interference on on Devin Allen, but they didn't call it. Um, and uh, you know the defense picked up against Josh Rosen, but I wouldn't get too excited about that. Uh, um, it, it became what typical preseason games become late in the game, and that's offense is struggling. Yep, John, switch to the running backs. We talked a lot about it uh, in pregame. I told you I wasn't happy with the depth in the room behind Miles Sanders. While the two guys behind Miles Sanders looked pretty good today. Boston Scott started strong. I know he only played a series, but he, he had a heavy workload in that series, and he looked really good running the football. Same thing with Kenny Gamewell. He got into the end zone. Uh, your takeaways on the running backs day, is that a I – would, I would say that's a that's a pro. That, that's a uh, – a plus today, if you will, your take on the running backs. Yeah, certainly from the perspective of Kenny Gainwell, who hasn't had a great training camp and he showed up and he played really well, although it was an indication that there may have been a little sea change there. The fact that, you know, with miles unavailable, you know, if you think about if he gets hurt in the regular season, I think the presumption at the beginning of camp well, was, well, then Kenny Gainwell will just take over. I don't know if that's the case now. I think it's pretty clear. It's kind of how I would describe it is Miles is the lead back, and as I said in, in the pregame show, Kenny's the third down back, the hurry up back, and, and the specialization back, so to speak. Um, and if, if, if Miles were to go down or miss a game, then the lead back is going to be pretty clear today. It's going to be Boston Scott, and Kenny will just stay in that role. But he played well, so maybe he can open that door again. Um, and, and, and maybe it's – you know, I mentioned it with Gardner Minshew – he seems to be more of a game player than a practice player. Maybe the same is true of, of Kenny Gainwell. Maybe he's more of a game player than a practice player because he played really well when he got in there. Gamer Gainwell, I think you called him yeah. at, at halftime. Uh, John, wide receivers, I know we talked about it earlier. Not that, not a huge window open there, but you did see some good things. You talked about Deion Kane early. We talked about him at halftime as well. Devin Allen had the big deep ball. Covey was in there, Covey or whatever, Britton Covey his name is. Um, how do you see that position? Is there any movement there? I know really the only thing that could make room for any of those guys would be a Rager trade and they go six six deep at wide receiver and they may be <clears throat> Deion Kane finding his way onto the roster. I don't know how else it could happen, but uh, break down how you see that. Yeah, I, I do think the five are pretty much locked in, and that's uh, obviously A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, which you didn't see today for obvious reasons, Quez Watkins, Zach Pascal, Jalen Rager. And then do you want to keep six? And maybe that depends on, 
you know, your depth at other positions. The Eagles don't have a, a ton of depth at running back, as we mentioned. So maybe you only want to keep three. Maybe they don't have a ton of depth at tight end. So maybe you only want to start the season with two. And if Tyree Jackson's going to come back early, uh, or you think he's going to be ready early in the season, maybe you carry him as the third. Um, there's a lot of different ways you can go, but to keep six receivers, I don't know. That's going to be difficult because, as, as I said, I think in our halftime show, you have to contribute elsewhere if right. you're going to be a fifth or sixth receiver, and that means special teams. Greg Ward, look, it's pretty clear that Deion Kane is a better receiver than Greg Ward, but Greg Ward is this team's arguably, I wouldn't call him the best punt returner, but he's the most reliable punt returner that they have. Um, and that's a big thing. When you don't have a game breaker at that particular position, a lot of times all you want to do is have safety and make sure the guy is going to make the right decision, the guy's going to catch the football and get as much yardage as, as is there. So my issue with Deion Kane is where else is he going to help? Where else is he going to help? Because he's going to have to help somewhere else to make the, this football team. Yeah, and that, that doesn't look, it doesn't certainly doesn't sound like uh, he can do that at least at a higher level than the people he's fighting with a spot for. Uh, anything else? Anything I'm leaving out on the offense? Did anything else stand out to you today? I know we had talked about wanting to see a little bit of Grant Calcaterra. Uh, I don't yeah, think he, he didn't play. Yeah. No, he, he was not active. So there were about, I don't know, I think there were 28 Eagles inactive. Um, and Grant was on that list. I consider him more of a an injury part of that list. He obviously wasn't sort of the deference players, as I call them. Yep. The guys like, you know, well, run down the list. Jalen Hurts, Darius Slay, Devontae Smith, Hassan Reddick, A.J. Brown, Marcus Epps, James Bradbury, um, Anthony Harris, Avante Maddox, Kaiser White, Brandon Graham, Isaac Samalo, TJ Edwards, uh, Lane Johnson. Cam Jurgens play himself onto that list pretty soon. Who is? I said Cam Jurgens might play his way on. Yeah, that. well, I think Cam's a little bit different in the fact that they want to get him ready yeah. as a rookie yeah, player I'm in case. But Jason Kelsey looks fine. He's going to be ready. So all these players, the, the deference players. And then there was a group of injured players. I consider Calcaterra in the injured group, even though he was able to get back in a limited fashion to the last joint practice. Um, they clearly held him out as a precaution, not as a deference player is what I'm trying to say. So they have a difficult decision to make at that third tight end slot. Um, I didn't, I don't think, Noah Tungi stood out in a good way or a bad way. Uh, you know, he caught two passes, I think, for nine yards, but he didn't do anything bad. It's just he didn't flash and do anything great either. So it's Dallas Goddard, who obviously is a deference player, and Jack Stoll, who, you know, is a limited receiver, but the Eagles seem to like what he brings as a blocker. So, there's some issues, and I said, if you want to talk about the depth of this team, I've said it pretty consistently. 
the biggest drop off is from um, Dallas Goddard to the tight end too. Whoever, whomever you want to project that to be. Right, not a lot of talent behind Dallas Goddard. John, last thing on the offense. Our offensive line, uh, mostly second stringers in there all day. Diller, Jack Anderson, I think you had Sua Opeta was in there. Cam Jurgen started. Um, Coyote Owosika. What did you? What was your takeaway on them? I saw a good tweet out there. I'm not, I'm not sure who it was. Uh, tweeted, they're better than a lot of te- a lot of teams in this league. First though, I don't know yeah, I was, that I was, I was, I was just, yeah, I was just. Uh... It was it was Andre Dillard from left to right. It was Andre Dillard, Jack Anderson, Cam Jurgens, uh, Suo Pet, and Jack Driscoll. Um, yeah, they could probably start on four or five teams do, in this man. league. Um, you know, especially if Cam Jurgens plays like that. Um, you know, it's 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 a good group. It's it's tremendous depth. We just talked about like. You know, Lane John. You never want to lose great players. There's a a, 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 a drop off, so you don't want to play Jack Driscoll um, instead of Lane Johnson. You don't want to play Andre Dillard instead of Jordan Mailata. But what I just talked about, you feel a lot more comfortable if you have uh, Jack Driscoll, Andre Dillard, than if you have to go Jack Stoll at tight end and replacing uh, right. Dallas Goddard. So that drop-off is just so steep at tight end. They have so many good offensive linemen. Suo Peta is another example. Like, we don't even talk about Suo a lot. Yeah, Suo could be a starting offensive guard in this league in in some other cities. It, it's an offensive line deficient league, and the Eagles are – the Eagles are deep and strong on the offensive line. And, hey, they have a talented roster overall. And, you know, one of my – I'm nitpicking, but that's what I'm known for, Xander, so yeah. I'm going to nitpick. I'm good with the Johnny Mac. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, not in love. I'm not in love with the schemes of this coaching staff. I'm not in love with the scheme of the offense. There's no stinking motion. Um, it, it's all RPO-based. I'm not in love with the scheme of the defense, which is just like going into uh, watching Game Pass, getting 99 bucks if you're a fan and saying, oh, I like what Vic Mangio does. And you're, you're a third generation knockoff of Vic Mangio. I'm not in love with it. I got to be honest. Um, they're, they're relying on talent. And they have a lot of talent. But I would like to see more innovation and I don't see it on either sides of the football, to be honest. And, and, and they act like, by the way, they act like it's this has all got to be kept a secret. Oh, you don't know what we're doing. Come on. Come on, dudes. You're you're as simple as simple gets. Um, and they act like it's something more than that. And it's not. So that's my nitpick for the day. Is there is there an expectation from Howie Roseman or Jeffrey Lurie for them to kind of be more of that. I know we always talk about these young, innovative coaches that are the Kyle. And I'm not comparing our coaches to any of these guys. I'm just using the names because they're the ones who are talked about. And, and they kind of do what you just talked about our coaches not doing. A lot of motion, a lot of creative things, a lot of 
getting players in space. If, if our coaches aren't doing that, is that an indictment on the coaches? Is it just a Johnny Mac nitpick and it's, and it's not that deep? Well, it's part or, of, it, 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 you know, it doesn't I, I like the nitpick. I think it's a fair nitpick and, 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 you know, that they should have some of that should fall on their shoulders. You have a young quarterback, young receivers, young tight end, young running backs. You got a young everything. Well, we were we were we were sold on more innovation, at least from an offensive perspective, when Nick Sirianni came in. That was sort of like the knock on Doug Peterson out the door that he right. wasn't innovative enough. And, he, and and it turns out that, you know, um, so there's two ways to think of it. You know, it's like they're just taking advantage of the quarterback, which I like. Um, I like that part of it. Um, but there's also got to be a, 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 a little bit of a, a middle ground. Like, you know, I remember, you know, Sean McBay, who everybody loves, right, calls his um, offense uh, the illusion of, of complexity. In other words, it looks complex to those outside. It's not complex for us. Um, and and I remember when the Eagles played Sean McVay, they said that, and Rodney McLeod said it all week. And, you know, all of a sudden, you know, it's just about alignment, assignment. I want, you know, don't, don't be thrown off by all the eyewash and all that kind of stuff. And then they went out there and they were thrown off by it you know, right away, you know, right off. They couldn't keep the discipline. So there's something to it. You know, when you use that kind of motion, the Eagles were 32nd in the NFL using motion last year. Now, 32 of 32 is what it is. And even Nick Sirianni admitted, you never want to be bottom five in anything. So it's interesting in, in camp and practice, they're doing all this stuff where, they're throwing the football, throwing the football, throwing the football. Then they show up in the game and it's all RPO, 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 which is very difficult to stop when the quarterback makes the right decision. And Gardner Minshew was making the right decision. So you see how difficult it is to stop. But you're relying on talent. You're not relying on scheme. Now, maybe the Eagles have enough talent. I say all the time, Jimmy Johnson won two Super Bowls. He had three running plays. He admits it. He had three stinking running plays. Because they were like, well, I got Larry Allen and Eric Williams and Mark Stepnowski and Emmett Smith. Here it comes. Stop it. And nobody could stop it. So there is something. Execution is more important than scheme. If you have good players and they execute, doesn't matter if the other team knows what's coming. But the other team knows what's coming with the Eagles offense and the Eagles defense. So that becomes like, that's not that might not be that big of a deal against Detroit, say in week one, but against Tampa Bay in the postseason, it's kind of a big deal. You know, when you get the good teams, it's kind of a big deal. And that's where you need a little bit more help, I think, from the coaching staff. So that's my nitpick. People expect a nitpick there. I, like, I think it's a fair nitpick. It's a good point. And and I think fans would should have concern with that. That only helps your young quarterback and your young players out. And probably somewhere in the middle is the gray area is, is where the truth lies. But switch it to the defensive side. How do you apply that to, to Jonathan Gannon? I know you like Gannon. You have a good relationship with Jonathan. But how, how do you apply that to, to him? I know that was a big thing last year. Not, well, not aggressive. Uh, yeah. 
personnel. Well, now he's got a reloaded defense. Do you still see some of that as an issue? His scheme needs to be, you know. Well, I think you up. saw it with Josh Dobbs in the game, and 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 look again. We're talking about second team players. Like, I don't think Jordan Davis stood out today, and I think you know for him that I I think because he didn't stand out, and and Marlon. Tui Pelotu and Marvin Wilson, who've had good camps, they didn't stand out either, at least when the, you know, before Josh Rosen came in. Um, and I think you saw, and it's not only Nicobe Dean, we, we talk about Nicobe more because fans are so excited about him and he's undersized, but it was also Davion Taylor and Sean Bradley. I think you kind of saw them both exposed, all three of them exposed. If those defensive tackles aren't doing their job, those those off-ball linebackers are in trouble. Um, you kind of saw that in the first half. Um, you know, but I expect Jordan to play well, and that's what I'm talking about. You you lean on your talent, and if Jordan plays well, Pletcher is back. If Javon Hargrave gets back and they play well, but I do think people are starting to realize or should start to realize TJ Edwards is a little more important than people realize to this defense. And that's why yeah. he's one of those deference players because he's Boy, 242 pounds. TJ Edwards, he looks yeah. like a world beater compared to those guys. Yeah. He's 242 pounds. And if he doesn't get the help that he, that you would like him to get, he can still, hold up a little bit in the run game where some of these other linebackers probably couldn't. Yes. Yeah, so, so that defensive line is just ever really important for our defense this year, especially with the way Jonathan Gannon seems, seems like he's going to call it John, anything else? Uh, what did stand out to you today on the defensive side of the ball? I didn't, wasn't, I didn't love the defense. Look good to me. I know no. it's stacking, but I know I love the offense the and I didn't love the defense. Um, and that's why it was luck. It was score, 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 score. They were going back and forth. Um, again, second team guys, so you're not that concerned. Um, the two things I, I stuck pre-coin toss, I think I mentioned this before, Josiah Scott coming out. That tells me, okay, he's made this team, Josiah Scott. Um, then I think you see the the – the ship to Josh Job at corner. And I think he made a big play at the end of the first half when the, the Browns could have went on top with four seconds left. So he did a nice job there. I think he's kind of lapping the Kerry Vincent's, the Mac McCain's of the world, Tate Gowans. Um, all- Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Though take Allen plays special teams, he's a gunner, so maybe that helps him out a little bit. Um, but boy, the defense, there weren't a lot of splash plays. In the second half, they were fine. But again, that's is that more Josh Rosen or is that, you know, them uh, nailing things down a little bit? Probably a little bit of both as they got a lot of the same players were in there, but. Same thing with the Browns' defense versus Reed Sinnett. They gave up the big play to Devin Allen, as we mentioned. But, you know, it calmed down from what Gardner was, 14 of 17, I think. And, you know, he almost had three touchdowns. Um, And, you know, too many teams. That's my issue with the defensive side of the ball. Too many teams are playing the exact same defense. And... The Browns play it, um, um, you know, I again, I, I mentioned that 49ers-Minnesota game because they had joint practices and they rolled out 27 players and you saw the exact same thing with the Browns and the Eagles. So for that reason, I was talking about, but they play the same defense. 49ers had Vic Bangio. Uh, Vikings now have Ed Donatel, who – was a big banjo lieutenant. Um, they play the same defense. So, you know, I was talking to somebody in the league, over 50% of the teams, he put it at, I don't think it's 70%, but I have to look down. Well over 50% of the teams are playing this style of defense. And here's my issue with that, Xander. If everybody's doing the same thing, then it becomes who does it best. It doesn't be... It's the old Howie Roseman say, you know, sometimes you got to zig when everybody else is zagging. Well, the Eagles are zagging, man. They're going the same way as everybody else. And then it becomes, do you do it better than San Francisco or Chicago or Denver or everybody else? That, that to me, I don't like. I don't like that. And the same thing with RPOs in college and the college mentality coming to the pros it's become a league where, okay, these teams run RPOs and these teams run play action and you're in your little group and it's who does it best, who does it best. And Kyle Shanahan, for anyone who knows me, I tremendous respect for Kyle as an offensive schemer. Um, Like he does stuff different than everybody else, uh, uh, at least a little bit. I mean, he, heavy play action like his dad, but he's also got this unique running game. Um, And, and he does a lot of different things with Debo Samuel that nobody does. I I was talking about that when Debo was unhappy. I'm like, Debo better realize if he goes somewhere else, they're not going to use him like Kyle uses him. And then he becomes a less unique player and maybe less important and all that kind of stuff. I don't know. 
it's one of those things I was watching today and it just stuck in my head. And I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm not, this, this is not impressive to me. This is not what I was sold. And everybody knows, as you just said, I like Jonathan Gannon personally. I like Nick Sirianni personally. I, I, I'm not impressed with the scheme aspect of this. Is team. it possible it's um, is sub? Is it is it possible it's um, you know they're they're hiding it or, or is it possible? No. I guess. I guess. Well, I know they're not hiding it on defense. That's what they're playing. They're playing. Yeah, they said it last year. The reason yeah. we weren't good at defense is because we didn't have enough talent. They they threw their guys under the bus, kind of. Are they are they hiring it on uh, hiding it on offense? Maybe maybe they're going to show up and be unique and do some different things. But I don't, I don't need them so. to be the only one of one offense on the planet. I would just like a little bit of motion to help out the quarterback. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. There, there's got to be a middle ground. Look, I want to take advantage of what Jalen Hurts does well, and that's with the RPO game. And you've got an indication that Gardner Minshew can do it as well, too, maybe a little bit differently. In Gardner's case, he's going to do it a little bit differently, but he can do it. Um, I don't have a problem with taking advantage of what you have, but there's got to be a little bit of mix when when – when somebody's figuring it out and doing well, you got to have some other tricks that to help your 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 quarterback. To me, the Eagles seem to be relying on their talent. And by the way, their talent is pretty good, and maybe that's good enough to win 10, 11 games. The problem comes when you do get up to that Tampa Bay who's better or a team like that who's better. Well, you you got to you you got to figure out how to help your talent overcome that can the eagles do that i don't know maybe maybe they are hiding stuff time will tell what the how the eagles coaches play the season there's a everyone talks about the pressure on jalen hurts there is a lot of pressure on those coaches they might not feel it right now they might not feel it just yet but when those lights turn on i, I got a feeling the pressure's got the, the pressure will intensify if if the results are not coming john i want to talk about Special teams. It's been a, a sore subject. It doesn't really look good. It hasn't looked good in a while. Uh, what's your take on the special teams, on Michael Clay? Uh, what's going on <clears throat> in that part of the football team? Yeah, other than Jake Elliott, who you don't get to see because, you know, in a, in a, in a preseason environment, you might as well go for it on fourth down, right? Because, you know, right. especially when your kicker is as good as Jake Elliott is. But as as other than Jake Elliott, the Eagles special teams were bad last year. I mean, Aaron Aaron was good early, but he fell apart late, Aaron Sipas. The punt return game wasn't good. The kickoff return game wasn't good. The kickoff coverage wasn't good. The punt coverage wasn't good. I don't see much difference right now. Um, look, they don't have a dynamic returner in – Jalen Rager is their most dynamic returner, but can you trust him? I don't know. Um, you don't have much of anything on special teams. Aaron Cipas, yeah. I, I, you know, they got to get back, and I've said this a, a bunch of times. They got to get back to when they had Chris Maragos and Brian Brayman, Najee Good, players like that. 
they would keep one or two players specifically for special teams. And they don't seem to do that any longer. Um, and maybe they should. And that's where I thought Conron Johnson was going to fit in. That's just, but he hasn't been, I remember, and, and we'll see. I, I don't know. I don't have the snap counts yet, but he only played seven snaps on, on special teams against the jets as opposed to somebody like Patrick Johnson, who had 18, I think. Um, they don't have a Chris Maragos anymore. And until they find one, I think they're going to continue to struggle on special teams. And they don't have a Darren Sproles. They don't have a dynamic returner either. So now I think you're just hoping to be a net sort of uh, – near you're not looking for a net positive you're not looking for a net negative you just want to be in the middle you want to say all right don't screw it up on special teams yeah really one more point uh john on defense i want to ask you about andre shot i'm not sure how to say his name andre saturate saturate uh he looked pretty good i don't know if it was just a couple of plays where the highlight was on him i don't know uh if that's if he got the benefit there with the cameras but did he have a good day and then Further, is there a move to be made at safety? Do we have enough at safety? Before training camp, nobody knew about Marcus Epps. Now everyone's talking about Marcus Epps like he's a stone-cold lead pipe. Well, yeah, he's a deference player. He's a deference player. Yeah, so right, what, what's, your, what's your thought at safety and then uh, on uh, Andre Chachere? Um, It's interesting because they kind of changed uh, – they kind of flip-flopped Josiah Scott and Andre Sachere in that um, when they started camp, Josiah was the backup to Abonte Maddox in the slot, and Andre was a backup safety. Um, and now Josiah is a backup safety, and Andre's backing up in the slot. So they've seen something um, that they like maybe in both, um, and maybe it's just cross-training. Um, he did come up the slot with a pretty good blitz. Um, he's a little bit bigger uh, than Josiah Scott, so maybe they like that aspect of it. Um, but yes, yeah, as, as far as backup safety, I'm, I'm, I mean, they're not the one glaring weakness on this team from a starter perspective. Is as you mentioned. You know, people act like Marcus Epps is this stone-cold proven commodity. He's never started before in the NFL. I mean, I think he's got a chance to be a good player, but we got to see it first. Um, as far as the backups, I mean, whew. I, I, I don't think it's Dallas Goddard to Jack Stoll, but that's because the safety starting safeties aren't Dallas Goddard. Right, They're not. Right. So, you know, Josiah Scott, Kayvon Wallace seems to be making the late run, um, and he's young enough to where they'll probably default to him over Chikwaski Tart, who showed up a little bit on the third team. Showed For an eight-year but, NFL guy, though, John, I got to tell you, he does not look that good. Well, he's playing on the third team, and he's an eight-year NFL guy who some thought was brought in here to start. I mean, at what point? Is there a confidence issue there right now? Maybe he's got uh, nothing left. I mean, I don't think it's a confidence 
issue. This guy's played not only a lot of football, he's played a lot of football on a really good defense. Yeah. So at some point, look, everybody runs out of gas in this league. So I think it's probably more of, you know, maybe he just doesn't have that much left as opposed to a competence issue. But look, if he's going to make this team, he's got to show up pretty quickly. We got one preseason game left, a couple of joint practices in Miami. Um, or maybe, you know, maybe they're so confident in him. Um, they they know he's going to be a backup, but I just haven't seen any evidence of that to this point. John, I haven't me, seen any evidence of it. Let's close it out, John, on some game balls. Um, might be hard to do. Might might I don't know what's inside, what John's thinking on some game balls, on who we like today. But uh, the Eagles won 21-20. This is the post-game show edition of Football 24-7. Let's give out some game balls for today. Well, that's a good one. There's a lot of options on the offensive side. Um, I, you could give it to Gardner. You, you can give it to Kenny Gainwell. I got one. I, I got to throw I'm, I'm, I'm giving it to Boston Scott because he set the tone. 11 touches yeah, on did. the first drive. I think it was 14 plays. The numbers aren't great, but he converted a fourth down. He got the touchdown. So I got to give it to Boston Scott. Um, defensively? I mean, who 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 are we giving it to defensively? Um, do I have <laughs> I to give one out? Game, I just man. want to give one to Boston Scott. If I had to give a, one out defensively. I'm not going to make you give one because if they didn't earn a Johnny Mac game ball, then I don't think it should be given. Yeah, I don't I don't think the defense earned a, a game ball. And they played they didn't play poorly in the second half, but at that point, like I don't care. So I would go as far as to say as Jonathan Gannon lost the game ball today with John McMullen. Um, yeah, I wasn't in love with the scheme and, and the fact that they, you know, once those deep tackles weren't having a, a game, look, they were, they were running the football at will Cleveland. And, you know, it was, it was not just Nicobe. It was Davion. It was Sean Bradley. They were running the football at will. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm giving it to Boston Scott. He deserves it. Yeah, that starting D-line helps. Uh, my game ball is going to go to the Olympic track star, Devin Allen. I got to give it to him. Don't yeah, care that's that not it's a bad preseason. One. Yeah. He made that's a great a catch. But I think Boston. He burned those guys. That's a highlight reel. Preseason or not, I don't care. Yeah, no, that's – well, that's a highlight reel play. Yeah, that, Boston, that's a, that was a great play. That's a, great a sizzle. Throw, that's a sizzle play. Boston was the stake as they say. There you go. There's steak, and then Devin Allen brought the sizzle, so I'll give the game ball uh, to, to the Olympic. All right, John, good, 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 good stuff today. Good uh, Eagles move to one and one on the on the preseason for what it's worth, whatever you make of it. But my biggest takeaway from the show today, from the postgame show, is your thoughts on the coaching staff. John, yeah, well, we need to do a little more I, zagging. I, 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 I don't like doing what everybody else does. Like I'd like if I were Jeffrey Lurie and I was hiring a coach and I'm not talking about Nick Sirianni, I'm talking Andy Reed. I'm talking uh, Doug Peterson. I'm, I'm looking all the way back to Ray Rudd and Chip Kelly. Um, 
you know, that's what they did with Chip Kelly, right? Now it didn't work out, but they were looking for something different. Right. Um, it's what they did originally with Andy Reid. I don't know. I I don't know. I don't like doing what everybody else does, and that's my guy. JG's my guy. Everybody yeah, knows. He's your guy. I don't. I, mean, I don't. I don't. I don't want to. You know what? You know what set me off, Xander? I told you I was watching that 49ers, um, uh, Minnesota game, and I had an interview with their new GM, Quasi Odopa Mensa. Yeah. I'm glad I got that out. Um. And it was like regurgitating the exact same talking points the Eagles do with the defense. We love this defense. It's about limiting explosive plays, winning the turnover battle. This is how you have to play the modern game. It's like all these guys say the exact same stinking thing. And I'm like, what, what, I mean, what differentiates them? What 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 makes them different if everybody's doing the same thing? So that's kind the of thing what that I hate about it is that the very thing that they're trying to, to stop, which is what you just said, big plays and the turnover differential really is what it is. The guy who won the most Super Bowls, Tom Brady, plays the opposite way. He yeah. takes what you give him. Well, that's exactly – and by the way, because – He can dime you every single drive of every single game until he raises the ring, at the, raises the trophy at the end of the year. And that's exactly what Gardner Minshew did to Cleveland, right? 14, 17, 12 plays. You can say – and he finally did make a mistake at the end on the third drive, but he went, he went 14 plays touchdown, 17 plays touchdown, and they won 12 plays, and he almost, okay, they went for it on fourth down. Now, typically, if that were a regular season game, by the way, Xander, they kicked the field goal, and they had three drives and 17 points. So if you have a quarterback who is confident in himself, you know what, I'm going I'm to make the right decision. And this is Gardner Minshew. This isn't uh, Tom Brady. He's making the right decisions. Bang, bang, boop, 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 right down the field. Three straight times. We saw it last year. Derek Carr, I'll never forget it. The guy was 31 of 34 for yeah. 350. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, you would have thought this guy was the greatest quarterback to ever grace the league. Yeah. It was unbelievable. I'll never forget that from watching that. I remember being like, but all right, John, good, good recap. Um, that's a that's a big takeaway. I gotta say, I mean, you you you've liked Gannon ever. Even through the fire when people were shitting on him or, or you know, or tough on him last year, I think you were with him. And, and I'm starting to see a little bit of chinks in the armor there. Yeah, well, I, I still – I think he's a really smart guy. I think he's a really good communicator. Um, but, you know, I, I – and I was actually impressed because the, the, the thought process on Zimmer coming in would be he would be – running what Mike Zimmer ran or running what Matt Eberflus ran. And he didn't run that, but it turns out he just runs what uh, uh, his buddy runs uh, Brandon Staley with the chargers uh, who, who got it from Wade Phillips uh, with the Rams who got it and was, and I, excuse me, not Wade Phillips. He got it from big Banjo when he was with big Banjo and Sean McBay specifically said, and here's where the crux of it all, Sander, here's the crux of it all. Sean McBay, who is the guy in the NFL right now, said, man, that's a tough defense, Big Bangio's defense. 
But the key there is Big Fangio's defense. Big Fangio. <laughs> Go hire Big Fangio. All right, don't give me the third-generation Xerox copy of Big Fangio. It's uh, like listing friend. down the lane by the time it gets to the 10th yeah, person. It's exactly. It's a game of telephone. By the time it gets down the road, you have a totally different thing. So Sean McVay said it. He brought in Brandon Staley. They won a Super Bowl. But guess what? Brandon Staley goes to the Chargers. They had a bottom five defense in the NFL. Again, the Xerox copy is never as sharp and clear as the original. I don't need copycats. I want somebody who's going to give me something. And look, I, you know, maybe again, I pointed it out with Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson was, and he admits it, three running plays, stop it. Nobody could stop it. So if you have the talent, it's not that big of a deal. I'd rather both if I had the best of, of both worlds. There it is, Johnny Max. Uh, post game recap: Eagles Browns. Eagles get the win. Uh, if you're not, this is the post game edition of Football 24 7 coming September 11th when the Eagles take on the Browns. The Jacob Post Game Show launches goes live with Seth Joyner, Mike Misnelli, Derek Gunn, Devin Caney. John will be reporting from down each live at each Eagles game for the show. So look forward to that. Make sure you tune in. I'll throw the graphic up so you guys can see that. And that'll come September 11th. And every week after the Eagles game, John's game balls were given out. The recap is done. John, have a good night, sir. We will see you in the morning on Birds 365. All right. Thanks, Andrew. about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.